I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. Today we're just going to talk about why we started our practices and how we started our practices. And why we're still in our solo practices. Yeah, I've had mine since technically, I guess, January 1st, 2010. And then when did you open yours, Claire, more or less? I opened mine November 1st of 2012 because I got admitted into the bar at the very end of October. We've both had practices that have been around a while. And I think that there's some reasons why, you know, that are similar to why we have our practices. Yeah, um, absolutely. And. But I think we started them a little bit differently, like initially. For sure. I graduated from law school in 2009. And honestly, starting a law practice was definitely not my dream. Uh, my dream was to work for legal aid. And that did not happen. And the economy was bad. And I tried working with one lawyer kind of as a law clerk in between that time, that limbo time when you graduate law school and then you um, are studying for the bar exam. And yeah. Yeah. So for non-lawyers, you graduate in May, you take the bar in July, but you don't get your results and get sworn in until like October. So there's this weird like six month period where you can't really practice law, but you aren't in school either. Yeah. And you don't have any income unless you're working somewhere. So you're, you know, either finding odd jobs or in my case, I was trying to find a law clerk job. My first law clerk job that I had during that time was not good, not going to name names, but that lawyer kind of didn't pay me, and I didn't really like that, and I felt pretty, I don't know, disgusted by the practice of law. For sure. And then I ended up working with a solo attorney part-time, and even though um, at the time I did not want to practice family law, because I thought... My parents got divorced when I was a kid. Why would I want to practice family law? Right. I worked with her, and she kind of encouraged me to look into starting a law practice. And I applied to some jobs, didn't really find one, and I decided I might as well start a law practice so I could actually use my degree. How about you, Claire? Yeah, mine <clears throat> was uh, in some ways similar, but in other ways different. I knew going into law school, I did not want to work for a big firm, and I didn't want to work for the government. And so either joining a small firm or starting my own practice was kind of something that I was leaning towards my last year of law school. And um, my law school, University of St. Thomas School of Law, <laughs> uh, actually offered and still offers a class called Solo Small Firm Management. And I took that my 3L year. And that, along with working for this solo attorney that Liz started working for, that's how we met, is kind of what gave me the push to start my practice. I had a little bit different path of getting in, but, I mean, the economy was still bad when I graduated. Yep, it was still really hard to find a lawyer field job back then, for sure. So many of my classmates either didn't have a job upon graduation or it wasn't necessarily a law-related job. Or, you know, it took them six months to a year to get that law-related job. The economy definitely 
was part of it as to maybe why I started solo right away as opposed to joining a small firm and then doing solo later on. Definitely. I'm happy that I did the solo practice because that has been rewarding. Yeah, I mean, even though it wasn't my first choice, obviously I must still like it because I'm still doing it. And honestly, Nine years later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, personally, I can't imagine practicing law in another way at this point. It would just, I don't know. I think it would be hard to work for someone else, to not have the flexibility that having a solo practice allows you to have. I mean, that's personally why I'm sticking with it. Well, one of the reasons Yeah, I agree. I think flexibility, I think I always tell people that owning your own business, whether it's a law firm or some other business, is the most flexible and least flexible job you'll ever have. For sure. For Um, sure. And certainly there are times where it really isn't as flexible as if you worked with office mates or coworkers who could cover something. But that's why you rely on other solos to help you out, you know, if something does come up last minute. Certainly that's also part of the podcast is how this is all a balancing act with life. For sure. And I agree. It is really flexible to a point. Yes, if you're scheduled for court and something comes up, you still have to go to court or your client still needs you to go to court. So you need to either figure out how to get the court date rescheduled or you need to have someone step in for you. And it does seem like probably like any job that there's times that are super busy And so it feels less flexible when it's super busy. Yeah. Um, But on the downtimes, when it's a little bit less busy, then you're like, oh, yeah, this is super flexible. I love this. You know, this is why I started my practice. Yeah. Well, and I think just learning to, like, knowing in the really busy times that it is going to lessen up, you know, in a few weeks or a few months so that you know, like, okay, this isn't forever. And also knowing in those less busy times, hey, now's the time to get those continuing ed credits in or to bank up a whole bunch of blogs or podcasts so that when you are really busy, you can plan ahead. That's a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) Because it does seem like when you're super busy, a lot of things that are marketing related kind of go to the wayside. I know that Claire and I are both moms. Yes. Um, I have two daughters. They are 14 and 15. My kids are a little bit younger. They're one and four. But certainly being a parent in both stages of life, whether it's like before well my daughter's in preschool um in those teenage years you know it seems like even though our kids are 10 years apart or more they're in very similar stages of life in some ways teenagers will keep you busy with all their activities I really do need the flexibility of having a solo law practice we adopted our kids when they were seven and eight technically is when they moved into our house and My kids have some needs, and so do Claire's kids. Yeah, and so my kids are biological, but one of my kids does have some chronic medical issues, so certainly being able to be available for different doctor appointments and um, follow-ups there is really beneficial. And one of my daughters has, we'll just say, significant needs with significant appointments. And then I also just want to be able to be, you know, be there for them when I can for things like their volleyball games after school or like their swim meets. Um, a lot of a lot of those things are unfortunately not, you know, outside of the nine to five working day. A lot of those activities start at like three thirty, and 
one thing that's really awesome about my law practice is that most of the time, not always, but most of the time, I can leave my office and go sit at a swim meet or a volleyball game and then either do that work, you know, that I missed later or, you know, just kind of sandwich it in somehow. I don't know about you, Liz, but a lot of times clients will really appreciate me offering like later evening appointments where they don't necessarily have to take off work. For sure. So that I can have the 3 p.m. school pickup time Mm -hmm. to like... 6 p.m. dinner time available to my kids and then I'll go have a meeting or a phone call or whatever the case might be. And clients actually usually are very understanding too if you say, you know, I really can't schedule this meeting with you at 4 p.m. because my daughter has an appointment or I need to pick up my kids from school, but could we do like a 5 or 5.30 appointment? You know, they appreciate that, hey, you're a parent and you're trying to be there for your kids, but you're also making it possible to be there for your clients as well. Well, and I think too, like in the areas that we practice, a lot of our clients are parents themselves. So they get that balance of needing to be available at work, but also, hey, I have kid things that are coming up too. So Claire, what areas do you practice? I primarily practice in Well, two or three different areas, depending on how you break them apart. I practice family law, so that would be like divorce, custody, child support. Then I also do estate planning and probate. So that's your wills, your trusts, and probate after somebody dies, doing the probate process with the court. Where do you primarily practice? Like, what area of the world? (laughs) So we are both located in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, but my office is located in northeast Minneapolis, but I have clients from across the metro. I've had a couple clients, certainly, who hire me because I'm local, but I don't know that that's the driving force for Mm -hmm. most clients to hire me as my location. Yeah. How about you, Liz? What areas do you practice? I practice family law as well, like Claire. So custody, divorce, um, sometimes antenuptial agreements. And then I do adoption work, um, adoption Which I think law. most people think yeah. is family law, but it's really not. It can be like a pretty, I don't know, we're not really supposed to use the word specialized, but it's kind of its own individual area of law. And I don't necessarily do like straight up adoptions that often. I like to call it maybe like quirky issues that pop up in adoption cases. That's kind of what I like to do. And then bankruptcy as well. And I used to do a lot more housing cases, either like landlord tenant or foreclosure related, but that really isn't right now as big of a part of my practice. And then where are you located in the metro? Okay, so I am a suburban lawyer. (laughs) Um, My office is in Burnsville. And that is the South Metro. And kind of like Claire, people from all over the metro area hire me. For some people, the location of my office is definitely the driving force um, in the sense that they'll be like, oh, I was looking for a lawyer right by my office and you're right by my office. But some, you know, sometimes it isn't necessarily where your office is located that, you know, that's not the reason that they hire you. They hire you maybe because they heard from a friend or a relative or whatnot that you're an attorney, you practice this type of law, and you would be good to talk to in that case. I agree. I think, honestly, being in northeast Minneapolis, it's convenient for people, like, going to and from work, maybe, from Mm -hmm. home. But I think the fact that I have a big 
parking lot that's free might be a more driving force. <laughs> I agree. I think I think there's something to be said for people having a place to park when they go visit their lawyers, unless you're in an area where everyone is for sure going to walk or take public transit. Thanks for listening to the Balancing Act today. If you want to get in contact with Liz or Claire, or have any questions for us, please visit us at our websites. You can reach Liz at www.sharemaclaw.com or Claire at www.trellylaw.com. Thanks.